Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, this is Ibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. Lolo Jones is the author of Over It, How to Face Life's Hurdles with Grit, Hustle, and Grace. Lori, quote, Lolo Jones, born August 5th, 1982, is an American hurdler and bobsledder who specializes in the 60-meter and 100-meter hurdles. She won three NCAA titles and garnered 11 All-American honors while at Louisiana State University. She won indoor national titles in 2007, 2008, and 2009 in the 60-meter hurdles with gold medals at the World Indoor Championship in 2008 and 2009. In bobsled, she won the 2021 IBSF World Championships as the breakwoman for Callie Humphreys. She was favored to win the 100-meter hurdles at the 2008 Beijing Olympics, but tripped on the penultimate hurdle, finishing in seventh place. She went on to win gold at the 2008 World Athletics Final, beating the newly crowned Olympic champion Don Harper with a time of 12.56. Lola was the American record holder in the 60-meter hurdles with a time of 7.72 until 2018 when both Kendra Harrison and Sharika Nelvis improved the time to 7.70. Lolo also competes as a breakwoman on the U.S. national bobsled team. She won a gold medal in the mixed team event in the 2013 World Championships and represented the U.S. at the 2014 Winter Olympics, making her one of the few athletes who has competed in both the summer and winter Olympic Games. 
Outside of the Olympics, Lolo has appeared on many reality TV shows, such as Dancing with the Stars, Celebrity Big Brother, and The Challenge. She currently lives in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Welcome, Lolo. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss over it, how to face life turtles with grit, hustle, and grace. Thank you for having me. We could all take a lesson out of your book to learn how to do that a little bit better. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. And it was an honor to meet your kids before we started recording. They're so super cute. <laughs> oh, thanks for entertaining them. I just think it's so great to be able to introduce them to amazing role models like you who have accomplished so much, like Olympic athlete and all the things you've overcome. <laughs> I mean, you know, the things you've gotten <laughs> over, so to speak, and just all, it's just, it's amazing what you can do with determination and genes and your body and athleticism and all the mo- emotional, mental stuff that goes into it. It's really amazing. Definitely more determination than gene. I know growing up, I was not the fastest kid. I got beat quite a bit. And I was able over the course of, you know, years, beat the kids who finally, who were beating me all those times. So it just a lot more determination than genes, I would say. That's true. I feel like you had something about how the most important thing is just keeping going because the people who might've been faster the only reason they didn't make it is that they stopped. And I feel like that applies to so many things, right? If you even like a lot of authors come on and say like, well, I'm, I finally sold my book because I wrote like three books after I got my first one rejected. So it's the same sort of mentality. Like the more you keep doing it, like that, you know, picking yourself the sharper up. You get, or you use those failures as motivation. I don't know. I, I just feel like some of the toughest moments in my life, my biggest failures were followed up by my best moments, you know? So I don't know if it was just like the kick in the butt I needed, or it was, you know, fuel for my fire, a little bit of both, but definitely was able to use a lot of those failures to, to motivate me for big things. Well, I hate to even bring up, so obviously the book begins in the way some people knew you, but not most who have followed your illustrious career. But you did have this one moment that drew a lot of attention that you were not, you know, for a while, as we were just discussing, you didn't even want to talk about it. And it was all anybody wanted to ask you. So I don't want to be one of those people who's only asking you about like your stumbles. I want to talk about... Yeah, no, I I had to start with that. And that was my decision, actually. Originally, we weren't going to have that as the first chapter, but I said, let's let's rip this bandaid right off because, you know, it's obviously one of the more painful things. And, and it's like, it's funny because sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'm totally over that. Like I'm healed. And then like, it's something will trigger me. And I'm like, wait, we still have some weeds to pull in this area. So yeah, definitely was an intense reliving that and, you know, trying to make sure that I go into detail, the, the process and what happened that night in 2008, when I hit the ninth hurdle, which cost me an Olympic gold medal. But some of the things I found more interesting, not more interesting, that was also very, very interesting. But I wanted to hear all about how you got to that place. Like what, what happens in the moment and little stumbles or what, how you get through something amazing like the Olympics is super interesting. But it's like what we were talking, like what is it that makes one person get there versus another person? And how did you become that person? And going back and talking about your mom and your dad and even how you overcame, I I have to find a new word now because now every time I say it, I think about your title, you know, the shoplifting and how your car would break down all the time and how you would have to run to school sometimes at least a mile, if not farther to different schools and how that's even how you started learning to run. So you wouldn't even be so cold. So tell me a little bit more about that and sort of the necessity. It's like you ran to, to survive. Yeah. 
I know a lot of, so a lot of people assume that I became a runner because I, you know, I joined the track team and, you know, I was really good at that. That was probably part of it. But before that, even part one, there's like the prequel. Right. And that was, you know, my family, we just grew up really poor. And so I didn't have, you know, a car most of the time because my family just couldn't afford a car. So the, the cars we had would break down all the time. So we'd be like stuck across town from our house. And this is, this is before Uber and Lyft. This is when taxi cabs were really, really expensive. So really our only other option was either to catch a bus and it was after hours when there were no buses available and then to run or walk home. And so, you know, we caught ourselves a lot of time walking or running home. And then if it was a cold night, which I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa, where there's blizzards and it's very, very frigid, we would run home just to keep the body heat high. So I I can remember that happening multiple times. (laughs) So I remember running to the the grocery store with my dad trying to go get groceries and then like carry the groceries back, you know? So in those moments is when he would teach me how to run. Like, you know, just how you like control your breathing and breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. So remembering those moments, what's funny because that's essentially what made running natural for me. And then join the, the track team. So, which obviously launched me into becoming a collegiate athlete and then going on to compete for the Olympics. Wow. So it's all about how we get to school. (laughs) I should not be driving my kids (laughs) to school. I should be leaving them on the side (laughs) of the road and then they'd probably have a much better chance of success. (laughs) Now they're like, I don't don't even want to walk two blocks. I know. I hate to be that person that's like, you know, you always hear the stories of the parents like, I used to walk a mile to school. (laughs) And it's like, oh, I actually am one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) So as you've gotten older in your life and, you know, I'm sort of somewhat focused on aging, I'm 44. So I'm, you know, how do you, and your body has been your, like your secret weapon, not so secret. Like you have been able to channel your body into whatever you want to make it and do the things that most people wouldn't dream of doing as you've gotten older. Like how has your relationship sort of changed with your body? If it has at all. Oh man, I feel it. I'm telling you, especially in these last three years, because I'm I'm 38, about to be 39. And I have to, so I think what I've had to really focus on the older I get is eating healthier. Like before I could eat like fast food and not really feel anything. And now I definitely feel like the dips in energy don't feel really good. I don't want to say I have arthritis, but like foods definitely make me more tight and increased inflammation when I have like pizza like the next day I feel a bit more stiff. So it's just those things. Like I would never have those moments when I was in my twenties. It's like, if I want to, I remember eating pizza every day, pretty much with my teammate one, one time and we ran perfectly fine. So as you get older, you have to be more diligent in the small things, like even stretching, you know, you lose your flexibility as you get older, your body decreases that. So I always tell people, even if they're not doing anything for workouts, just please stretch, <laughs> like stretch while you watch TV, you know? So that's just kind of how I keep my body maintenance going well as I, you know, get up, get on up there in age. And what about like how not to burn out on a sport that you've done so much of? I mean, I hear so often, I mean, my husband played professional tennis for a little bit and so, and taught tennis for many, many years. And there are some people who he meets and they're like, now, like, no, 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 I can't even look at a tennis racket. Like I'm done. I'm over. I can't after all that. Like, how do you avoid something like that? Like, how have you, how has it been throughout your recent life? Well, I've definitely had moments where I've gotten burned out, tired of practice, tired of going, but I'd say I, I would just find ways to switch it up. Whether that's 
change my goals. I think that's a big reason why I started doing bobsled is it's, it's still competing, but it's a completely different sport. And the way bobsled tasks you is different from track. So track is a lot more running and bobsled is more focused on lifting weights. Not everybody has the opportunity to switch sports. So I found a lot of motivation just in reading different books or, you know, whether it's music, I can draw inspiration from podcasts, TV shows, like just trying to find your energy from somewhere. So because my tank definitely gets low. I mean, I'm doing the same workouts six days a week and I've been doing them since I'm doing the same workouts that I did as a freshman in college. So it's like 15 years. Like it's a lot of the same stuff over and over again. So there's a lot of little tips and tricks I do, whether it's that get my energy from somewhere. Like, let's say I'm tired of running, like get a new pair of shoes. So it forces me to like, you know, I just spent all this money on these shoes. I'm going to go you know, try them out, feel the energy from that. So just, yeah, little things. Journaling a lot is big for me. I can just vent my frustrations and my stress. So that's probably what's kept me in the game as long as I've been. Fantastic. Also rest. Rest is really key. A lot of people forget rest, you know? Like I take one day off a, re- a day off a week for a reason just because I really, if I don't have that, I like, I burn out much more quickly if I don't have those moments of rest or pause. Hmm. And you mentioned just now reading and in the book, you talked about how you were such an advanced reader and you loved reading from a young age. Tell me a little bit about the role of reading in your life. It was honestly, I think it was just my escape. I don't know really how I got into reading so much as a kid. You know, it was just most kids. I don't know. I guess they, especially nowadays, it's so hard with Netflix and Hulu and video games. Like we had video games, but it's like on a increased level, much so more with the media and social outlets that they have. So for me, it was just, that was just my escape. And, you know, we had a TV in the house and we had, you know, there were months where we had cable, some months we did it because we couldn't afford it. But I just always went back to the books. And I think another motivator was when I was talking about how they would give away that prize for the pan pizza, because then this program in school where if you read a book, uh, you would be able to get a, like a personal pan pizza. And I did grow up quite hungry. Like my family just didn't have a lot of food. So <laughs> that was a good motivator too. But even without that, I probably, I mean, there were moments I didn't have that program and I was still reading a ton. So yeah, I enjoyed reading a lot growing up I, and enjoyed going to the bookstore, getting books or, you know, it was a used bookstore, like a thrift bookstore. So that was quite fun. And what about now? Do you still like to read? your spare time. I love to read. Yeah. I love to read. I don't have as much time. I try my best though, especially when I'm traveling, you know, like right. It's usually because I travel so much. It's like three months on the road or six months on the road during the Olympic year. So the things at home kind of stack up like home maintenance or, you know, you have to go through a stack of mail. So when I'm home, I get slammed with like just daily life stuff. But when I travel, there's nothing I love better just to like, okay, I'm just going to like pull out a book or read my Kindle and then just, just something, you know? So, but I, I, I do read whether it's inspirational stuff, you know, my Bible is, you know, those are things I daily read, but like just leisure is those common waves when I travel. And now people are reading your book on their Kindle. So it's like, I'll come in full circle here. It's amazing. I know this <laughs> is like, it's starting to, I'm starting to get nervous as it starts to get closer to the, the launch date. I'm like, I don't know. I've had a few moments where I, oh my gosh, this is feels like some people are reading my diary or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what made you write a book to begin with? 
Well, I, I mean, I guess it goes back to the inspiration of books. So when you're an avid reader and, and that's how I said, I get a lot of source of my energy is, you know, there's been a lot of like times in my life where I felt very discouraged or going through bouts of depression or frustrated that I'm single. And I'll, I'll try to go pick up a book that will encourage or motivate me to just see like something else. And uh, another perspective. And a lot of those books are from the perspective of someone on the other side of their win. You know, it's like, oh, an Olympic champion who has won and this is how I won. Or, you know, if it's a book for singles, it's a person who's who's married now. And on the other side of that, they're, they're very happily married. And I was like, well, where is the book about the people that are still in the battle, that are frustrated that it hasn't turned out? Like, they still have questions. They still have doubts and fears. Where's that book at? And so I just wanted to write a book that would encourage those who are very hopeless and feel like, you know, they've tried everything. They've thrown everything at a situation or a problem. They've come, they've come so close, but just not there yet. And so I hope that as they read it, they can see that, you know, I've had a lot of those moments and those moments are essentially would help me have success, even though it's not the ultimate success of per se having an Olympic medal. And what was it? What was the experience of writing it like? Well, it was it was very interesting because I was it was during the pandemic, and so I was the I don't know if I was in the best mind state to write because I was my mind my mental state kept shifting obviously with everything changing, and honestly the biggest part was going thinking you were healed in an area, and then you're like, oh my goodness gracious, there's <laughs> There's some clearing up we need to do. This is not fully, no. And it's like, this was like eight years ago. Like, what's going on? So is, is that was the tough part is like reliving some moments that you really felt like, oh, I'm totally over it. And you're like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it takes like active work to get over some things that happen. You know, it just the time, time doesn't heal all wounds as it were, you know, Yeah, I think, but. No, it does not. You uh, <laughs> It's probably what I learned the most. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Oh my gosh. So who, who do you want to like, when you think about the people who are trying to get over it and who are kind of stuck in the middle and can't quite achieve what they've set their minds on, like, what do you want them to know? What is it that you get, like made you come back over and over to working on this book and thinking like, I have to get this out to people. Like, is it going to get better? What if it doesn't get better? Like how, how are you equipping them to, to deal with it? Cause sometimes things just aren't good. Exactly. I, I mean, I'm still dealing with that right now. Like I'm, I'm preparing for my last Olympics and I'm not, guaranteed to medal. I'm not even guaranteed to make the Olympic team. So it might not work out for me. I might end my career and never get this coveted medal that I have been working so hard for so many years for. And so the piece that I've had to come to terms terms with, because, you know, I've thought about this a lot, you know, it's, it's kept me up many, many nights and I relive hitting the hurdle. I'm like, why didn't you just finish the race? So you just get the medal and you wouldn't be here in this position. What gives me peace in knowing is that I tried everything to get that medal. So like when my kids ask me at the end of the day, uh, I don't have kids now, but one day I hope I do. And if, if I don't become an Olympic medalist and I, and I feel like I don't have peace, I'll, I will tell my kids, you know, I am not an Olympic medalist, but I did everything. I threw the whole book at this situation. And that's what brought me peace in knowing that I did absolutely everything in my power to get this medal. And if it, if I came up short, it doesn't matter because I have so much pride in my effort that even an Olympic medal couldn't replace that because I know that through the odds, through not making my first Olympic team, you know, making sure I tried again, then going to my first Olympics and, and, you know, coming up close to an Olympic medal, then going to a, a winter Olympics and not getting a medal there. Like, I tried up, down, left, right. (laughs) And no, it didn't work out. But here's the thing. The beauty in that is I learned how strong I was. I learned that I'm a fighter. I learned that a failure is never going to break me. I learned that I'm bigger than any success. I also have talked to many Olympic medalists that have won and some of them are not happy. A lot of them are not happy just by winning. They, they, they're still not content. They're still not content with the ultimate goal. And that's not even just Olympians. Like there's a lot of business people that have tons of money in the bank and they're still not satisfied or complete. So I think that's finding, you know, joy in the process, joy in your effort, you know, being satisfied with your accomplishments, what you've overcome. So, and then I know that they say that it's all about the journey. And I'm like, oh, I hate that saying because it's so cliche, but man, a journey is powerful if you use it to just reflect on your mental state. And just that's what's really honestly helped propel me. One failure has launched me into another victory. And then I'd hit another wall and that would propel me even further. So I really just hope that that's the takeaway for someone who's like, man, maybe this won't work out for me. I know it might, it might not work out for me either, but where are you going to grab your peace from? Are you going to grab your peace from something that you're trying to chase after? Or are you going to be peaceful in the moment and know that you are a fighter, you're unbreakable and you can overcome anything? you're inspiring me right now. That was really awesome. (laughs) That's your, I mean, your message is, is powerful and and comes from such a place of authenticity. And I I know that having the book out there will resonate and help you find new people who haven't heard that before, which is, which is really great. On the writing front, is there anything that aspiring authors should know that you learned in your, in your writing journey of this book? I thought it was going to be easier. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I guess if they, I mean, honestly, it's not so much the, 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 I mean, the writing process, yes, but it's after the fact, because like, let's say, who are they writing the book for? Because that book now has to reach an audience. And I guess I didn't realize, I was like, okay, the book is done celebrate like yes and then it's like that's just like the beginning of okay well now you have to make sure you're finding your audience for that book so whether it's interviews or podcasts or you know using your social media to get the book out even talking to your family and friends that part right there is like I guess every author has to have a little bit of marketing and them or be prepared to be a marketer of their own book if they want people to read it Cause that I, I was not prepared for it like that. I guess I was like, Oh, the book is done. Bye. And it's like, no, yeah, no, no, no. Now it's just beginning. <laughs> but exactly. almost, That's what I was. Yeah. That was not prepared for that. <laughs> it's also like what you were saying about, I mean, you were saying having to almost justify to your kids, like that you tried your hardest, but you weren't an Olympic medalist. Like for somebody who's not trying to achieve that, just being an Olympian is a huge deal. You know, it's, I think for people who are trying to write books, just writing a book would be a big deal. But then there's the book sales. So I feel like it's just, if you get to a certain place in any industry, if you're driven and you've gotten that far, you have to, you you can't stop then what you're going to stop then when like, it's just, I don't know. I, I think it's just a, it's just a side effect of drive and it's hard to <laughs> not continue to drive. It's hard to know if you're like, if you've been tuning up this car to drive really fast, why all of a sudden you're supposed to like slam on the brakes. It's like, it's not the natural <laughs> thing to do. So yeah. other people notice how fast you're going, but I don't, I don't know. It's, <laughs> also say I agree. And I think it applies well to the to publishing industry as well. There's always something else. Or people are like, the book came out, but it wasn't a bestseller. And they're like, ah, it's like, but you already had a book out and it helped a lot of people. And no, but it or people are like, it's a number four, but it's not a number one. And I'm like, are you guys crazy? <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's basically, that's the life of, even though they're not Olympic athletes, that's the same. Those complaints are the same things. Olympian. Oh, I got a fourth place. Well, yeah. you're an Olympian. It's the same argument. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Doesn't stop. Probably every every career. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the people on the outside think. It's how satisfied you are with yourself and, you know, knowing that you didn't quit, which is basically the whole thing. So anyway, Mm -hmm. so you have the potential Olympics coming up, your book is coming out. Like what else is coming down the pike for you? As if that's not enough. There's nothing else I can handle. That's that's Okay, good. Good. No, I'm glad you said that. I'm like, these two projects alone are like, yeah, it's huge. really, uh, it's an honor to honestly, to have a book coming out and then also to, to be fighting for my last Olympic team. So, and then I'm just really thrilled. I have a lot going on. So the book is coming out July 20th. And then I have national team trials for bobsled July 30th. So oh yeah, so like, it's a lot on my plate right now. There's definitely <laughs> moments where I have a huge amount of stress, but we're managing getting through it. So, <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I think that one other thing I'll just say about publishing is there's all this pressure for everything to happen, like right at the beginning, right? Like pub day and getting all the word out and sales the first week and whatever. And like, if you're like distracted with your main job, which is like getting on the, the team, you know, the press interviews could always wait a week or two. It's not going to completely derail your success. I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Well, thank you for saying that because they, I feel like a lot, there has been a lot of stress about that. And yeah, yeah I'm really grateful you said that because I have to keep reminding myself 
this is my last attempt for a winter Olympics. And so I have to put my energies and focus on that as, and so I'm really glad you said that. Yeah. I mean, remember why you do everything, right? But this, this is like all of a sudden you're, somebody else's coaches are getting involved, right? Like if we continue this analogy, (laughs) you know, because the coaches always want their players to win. So it's up to you to slam the brakes for this a little bit and it's going to be okay. You know, I think the first week sales and pre-sales are most important to hitting the bestseller list, but you know, it's okay. You can always do it later. And, or like it, maybe your goal is not to have it be a bestseller. Maybe your goal is to have it just do amazingly well, but not be one of the top 10 in the world and, and instead be one of the top 10 runners in the world or bobsledders or whatever, you know? So anyway, yeah. There's a, there's pressure in every industry. And I would just say, as you well know, because you're so centered about, you know, your own journey that, you know, we only get to do this once and, you know, well, I'll definitely let the, I'll let the cards play where they play, but I think it would be really cool though, even though I, cause I don't have that. Oh, she's an Olympic medalist. It'd be cool to say, you know, I'm a bestseller. That'd be awesome. (laughs) I'm sure you will get that. It's not going to make or break me if I don't, but like, it's, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure just from your name alone and who you are, that would do the trick, you know, I'm sure I, anyway, whatever, but it's also another one of those things you can't control. You can do everything. Can't you can control. Can't, can't control. It, it's out of my control yeah. for sure. So at this point, honestly, I am more focused on, I think because you got the, the early edition. And so it's like, and my neighbor read it. And so like getting those reactions of people yeah, who have no, actually it's great. The it's book, great. It's practical. That, it's helpful. It's great. There's memoir, there's advice, there's spirituality and faith. There's like all these things, a story of overcoming adversity, succeeding, failure. I mean, it's great. It's, it's, how can you not like a story like this? Yeah. It's great. Well, I appreciate it. That, that definitely is what I can't wait to see more people read the book and then have those moments. I'm like excited for that. So, <laughs> yeah. And I hope you didn't think I just meant it wasn't going to be a bestseller. I just meant like that oh, was no. why the pressure is oh, for no. that first week. That's all I was trying to say. No, it, your your publicist is going to no. kill me. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, They're I, not going to give me any more interviews ever. Like, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm calling my publicist right now and be like, look, we're not doing any interviews because I was just told on Moms Don't Have to Have Your I need to focus on the Olympics. So I'm so sorry. We're shutting interviews down. <laughs> oh no. Oh my gosh. Oh dear. I shouldn't have opened my mouth. Okay. Well, now that you know what moms don't have time to read and Olympians don't have time to do interviews. There you go. (laughs) There you go. I mean, I like, I've had a book come out in February. I have one coming out in November. Like I'm clearing the, I have to like clear the decks just to deal with that. You know, I have to put my podcast sort of on hold because I'm like, you know, but in but my podcast is my main job and I love it. So I got to keep doing a good job on it. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Not to compare my podcast and your Olympic athleticism, but anyway, oh, I, love it was, it. I hope you know what I'm saying. Congratulations yes. on your book. I wish you all the success in the world in both the Olympics and the the literary world and everything else. And I have no thank doubt you. you'll be a success in whatever you do. Oh, oh, <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much for having me on and shout out to all the moms that don't have time to read. <laughs> All right. Take care, Lolo. Good luck. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.